Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell their friends when the smart oven downloads 5G. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. All right, I can't wait any longer, Noah. I think we got to talk about the, the MacBook Pro news over the past week. All right. Now, y- your boy's been doing a little bit of, a little bit of leaking. Oh, I've been doing boy. a little bit of leaking, and you've been doing a little bit of not silencing your Apple Watch, huh? Well, it was leaking some, uh, some, some notifications there. Yeah. Very good, very good. Go. So I guess we'll start with the, the three things that, that I reported on. All right. So the first one, I guess arguably the most not interesting, the least interesting one might say, uh-huh. <laughs> is dedicated backlight for the Touch ID sensor. Mm-hmm. And I'm because we haven't we haven't talked about this a whole lot because we've both been pretty busy. I'm curious to know what your thoughts on that are. Multiple dedicated LEDs for the Touch ID sensor. I did see it was uh, renders by Ian right made a render of that. Yeah, the the render looked pretty sick, but in like real life, I don't know how sick it would actually look. I think it's pretty cool, honestly. Like. Okay, it's not groundbreaking. It's not like some crazy feature, but in my opinion, it does make sense because when you look at the iMac keyboard, really, this is basically the keyboard design that we're expecting to see on the new MacBook Pros. And by the way, I believe we are going back to the full height left I was right. actually about to ask about Were you? That. I was. That's funny. I think it's going to be full height. Interesting. There were some leaked images that, that seemed to say that. What I don't know is about the, the rounding on the corners. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that they just brought to the iMac. But I wouldn't call this like the new keyboard look because it's basically the same as before, but they just made it rounder. And the iMac keyboard with the tall keys has coexisted with the MacBook keyboard. And in fact, the iPad Magic keyboard mm. that have the, I would say, better way of doing it with half-height all four keys. But back to the touch, uh, the, the touch ID backlight. If you actually look at the keyboard for this iMac, obviously it's not backlit, so this doesn't give us much of a, an indication, but without a touch bar, these upper row of function keys, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure will be full height, Interesting. Unlike the MacBook Air. Interesting. So you'll have full height function keys, and obviously they'll all be backlit. But if the Touch ID sensor wasn't backlit, I feel like it would look weird. Don't you think it would look a little strange to have, you know, the fully backlit keyboard, but then have this one button that's just dark? That's true, because the Touch ID used to look very... Or the Touch ID on the laptops is very distinctive it's that little black box and you know it's next to the to the touch bar or it's its own little button um but i guess if they're gonna make it actually look like a key like they do for the imac then it's a little bit different and yeah i don't know i guess maybe it would look a little bit weird if it weren't backlit yeah and also i i think it's a pretty decent chance i mean i i sort of came to this in the reverse conclusion of like i i I had this information saying it's going to be backlit. Mm-hmm. And from there, I thought, oh, it'll probably be the same Touch ID sensor mm. that we have on the iMac. Now, obviously, mine, the, the one that I was holding up is just the, the base model iMac that just has the lock key. But I'm pretty sure all of these MacBook, I mean, every MacBook has Touch ID now. So it's, I think, pretty guaranteed that it would have that. And I think it'll have that little ring. And I think that little metal ring is going to be lit. So that was what uh, renders by Ian. If you guys are listening, go ahead and look him up on Twitter. Does he put out a render of what it would look like? And I think it looks really cool. Yeah. I also have to wonder, with four dedicated LEDs, I mean, that's kind of a lot. Multiple LEDs for a Touch ID sensor backlight. 
Now, for I think since 2016, they went to individually lit keys. Okay. So each key has its own LED, which reduced spill around the key mm. and also made the... It just looks a little bit better. With, with multiple LEDs, I personally am hoping that it would have like a little animation. Oh, yeah, like kind of spin around kind of thing. Exactly. That'd That's what I was cool. thinking about. Because like, you know how on you have a Touch Bar Mac. Yes. And you have one for work as well. Yes. When you open it up and, you know, you're on the lock screen, the Touch Bar has like that little arrow thing that mm-hmm. says Touch ID here. Yeah. Touch to unlock. You're not going to have that without a Touch Bar. I didn't even think of that part that's really interesting mm, right? i was gonna ask you so does the 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 fact that it's four leds that's your that's one of your leaks i i didn't actually say four before but so this is an exclusive multiple, yes i guess so but the <laughs> i don't know about the number i'm not that's not a, not confirmed but multiple from the source that i had but multiple yeah and do the other keys have multiple leds not as far as i know I mean, the, the information that I received was specifically about the Touch ID sensor. I see. So it's saying multiple LEDs. Personally, a- another thing that we don't know, I kind of just assumed that it's backlit like any other key, but it's possible that it could have colors. So I was thinking like, you know when you Apple Pay and it has the little blue circle? Mm-hmm. If it's lighting up a ring, Ooh. why wouldn't it just do a little blue like, bling? You know, the little sound effect? I, That'd be sick. I would be, I would honestly kind of be surprised if they did that, but that would actually be pretty cool, I will say. I think it would be awesome. I mean, awesome relative to an illuminated key, right? It's not that, it's not that big a deal. There's definitely bigger things out there, and I don't think anyone really you're not cares. Even, you're going to be like covering it up with your finger. You're going to like barely see <laughs> a little bit. the ring. But yeah, well, whatever, it's fine. I don't know. But, uh, so then the other leak was UHS-2 SD card. Mm-hmm. Now, that one, I think, is a, is a pretty big deal. Granted, for a lot of general consumers, it might not make much of a difference. But as an exclusive UHS-2 user myself with my iMac Pro, that is absolutely huge. Now, I'm not particularly keen on, I'm not going to switch to a MacBook Pro to do all of my video editing. I'm a desktop guy. There, there's really just no, there's no need for me to use a laptop when a desktop is more is better suited. But fair, a ton of people buy 15 and 16 inch MacBook Pros for photo and video work, and a ton of those people use SD cards. Now I shoot on UHS too, um, partially because. So and so basically, I guess I should explain uh, UHS two. I I can't remember what the acronym is. I think it's ultra high s- speed, speed. Probably. I think it's a ultra high speed standard. But basically, a normal SD card can can clock around a hundred megabytes per second, but UHS two are rated up to three hundred and twelve megabytes per second read write. Obviously, the the write speeds are usually lower than the reads, but the reason that I shoot on UHS-2 is because my camera, which I'm using right now, a Sony a7S 3 can shoot 4K 120 frames, which mm-hmm. is which is a lot of data to be writing. Especially, I, I shoot in 8-bit, but I can shoot in 10-bit. 10-bit melts my iMac Pro, and it also melts my SD cards. But I need to, if I shoot in 120, I have to shoot on UHS-2 SD cards. And to get the stuff off of that, it literally takes, I would say, probably four times longer to use a normal SD card versus a UHS-2. So that's huge. Wow. If you're talking about workflow, it's not, it's, it's not enough to just make it render faster or export faster. If you can import your footage four times faster, before you even get to the processor, you're already out on top. That is true. That's interesting. Yeah, I, there's a lot of a lot of creative creatives, creative professionals, uh, and uh, and amateurs that use Macs for photos and videos and stuff like you said. So it does make a lot of sense. And like the port is, 
It's is it shorter than USB-C or it's like about the same height as USB-C probably? Oh, it's it's pretty significantly shorter. The SD card slot, at least the way that that, that Apple implements it, is very slim. There's yeah. there's plenty of room for it. Yeah, so like there's plenty of room for it. it. Makes a lot of sense. And now I'm curious because I use SD cards extremely rarely. Could I leave an SD card in there and use it like a storage expansion? That's a really good question, actually. Yes. So there are, uh, back at, before 2016, there was a company that made, it was basically, it was an SD card that was a shorter height. So you would put it in and it lay flush. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, because they made it, they were pretty expensive, but this is like 2015, so yeah. NAND was pretty expensive anyway. They had like 256 gigabyte ones, and you could put them in the SD card slot on the old Retinas and the MacBook Airs, and they were, you know, they were color matched, and they lay flush instead of sticking out like a normal yeah. SD card. That would actually be really useful, especially if it, if it's UHS-2, and you're getting... SSD, it's basically like having an external SSD that's always plugged in. Yeah. With 300 megabyte per second read writes. That's very respectable. That is a very... I wonder if... Oh, that, I didn't even think about that. But that's actually huge because that means that you could... I think there's a decent... You know, a decent number of people could get away with not paying for storage and just buying a... Let's look up like a 512 gigabyte SD card. They are not expensive Wow, anymore. $80. 80 bucks for, I mean, granted, that's not a UHS-2. There is one, 125 bucks. That's UHS-1, mm. though. That's still not quite, that's 170 megabytes per second. So that's pretty good. But... 512 gigabyte UHS-2. Let's see. Okay, so yeah, UHS-2 gets pretty expensive. It does get pretty expensive. I forgot about that because I've had mine. I think mine came with my camera. It was in a bundle or mm. something. But yeah, so 256 gigabytes is about $250 for UHS-2. Although I'm fairly certain that prices are a little inflated right now. But e even if you went for something like a SanDisk Extreme Pro, it's not UHS-2, but it's it's pretty fast. 170 megabytes per second. Leave that inst inserted all the time. That's a pretty good idea. And now how does that compare to uh, paying Apple for the internal storage? Isn't it usually like 200 per doubling, or, or is that not true anymore? I think it is. I think it is. I don't know about when you go to a terabyte. Let's find out. Yeah, I don't remember. Because I know it used to be like 400 to go to a terabyte. From where? From 512. Oh, really? I thought. I don't know. They, Could have been. They messed around with it in 2019. They made it a lot cheaper. Or I should say a lot less <laughs> highway robbery-esque. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it is 200 to double. That's so dumb. Why is it two hundred dollars to go from two fifty six to five hundred and twelve, an extra two hundred and fifty six gigabytes? But then it's also two hundred dollars to go from five hundred and twelve to a terabyte. Yeah, it's that's really dumb. Really weird. But then from one terabyte to two terabytes is four hundred dollars. Yeah. Why is why is I think 256 to 512 should be 100 by that logic. Yeah. But then that would be too good of a price. Yeah, that's right. And then people would actually do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, oh, man, if they made that actually a thing, 100 bucks to go to 512, I mean, that's still pretty bad. <laughs> but, like... It's, it's honestly worth it. And it's, like, it's internal, so it's going to be fast, and you don't have to, like, move stuff between your drives. Like, that's the that's the... The main thing is like, and that was the thing that I liked about uh, Fusion drives back. You know, when I have my 2011 MacBook Pro. It's really like it is really convenient to not have to manage the files yourself, and it just you know can move them around. That's true. That's a good. That's a good point. Now, so we had the third rumor for this new MacBook Pro mm -hmm. that I published 
last week? I don't even remember. Every Time is a blur. But anyway, there is a pretty decent chance. This one I'm less confident about. I'm almost 100% on the other two. Okay. The UHS-2 makes so much sense. It's pretty ironclad info. Same with the Touch ID. This one I'm really on the fence about because I've seen compelling information, but it contradicts Mark Gurman, and that's not a bet that I'm usually willing to take. Interesting. Because Mark Gurman is the guy who knows things, and I'm the guy who doesn't know things. <laughs> that's like what we're known as colloquially. I see. Everyone's like, oh, did you ask the guy who doesn't know things? And they're like, why would I? He doesn't know things. Yeah. And that's me. That's you. But I was seeing pretty credible intel saying... Ha, intel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie! Uh, Saying that there will not be a 64 gigabyte RAM option on the new 16-inch, where there currently is one on the existing 16-inch. Interesting. It's an interesting little predicament. Now, I... I wouldn't say that there's precedent for this. Actually, there maybe is. So the 13-inch MacBook Pro can have 8 or 16, and people are like, oh, no, but you can't get 32 in it anymore. The 32-gigabyte RAM option was never available on the two-port one. So while I would agree with you that 32 gigabytes would be a nice option to have, it wasn't technically a downgrade because the higher-tier 4 Thunderbolt port Intel MacBook Pro 13-inch was the one that had those options and still does. Mm-hmm. You could make the argument in for the iMac, though. Because the, the, the previous iMac could have like 64 gigs, and now you can only get 16. Right, right. Granted, they definitely played around with the targeting for this iMac, which is, I think, what bothered people. Like... The previous iMac, obviously before Apple Silicon, was pretty powerful for its size and price. And the problem was, pros kind of just didn't really like it. Because the the prosumer way to go was always 27-inch iMacs. Right. Most, most of us just kind of ignored the 21.5-inch because who wants a 21.5-inch screen? Right. Even though you could get it with a Vega 20... You could get it with a Core i7, 64 gigs of RAM, or maybe they only sold 32, but you could upgrade it to 64. Either way, now it's less than that, but they've also clearly retargeted the iMac to be a little bit more broad, Um, because I think it probably, I I suspect that the 21.5-inch iMac never really sold very well, Um, but I think that'll change now. However, as it pertains to the MacBook Pro, for the 16-inch, if it is in fact limited to 32 gigabytes, that would be a little bit of a bummer. Now, granted, we're looking here at the uh, at the order page for the current 16-inch MacBook Pro, which, by the way, is a terrible deal to buy new. <laughs> and you got to pay 400 buckaroonies for 32 gigs and 800 for 64. So, my general thought is, yes, there are going to be PCMR haters that are going to be like, oh, it's a downgrade. There's less RAM than you could have before. But, how many people were actually spending $800 on RAM alone? That's absurd. And this is, is this the lower tier or the higher tier MacBook Pro? Option is the same for both because they both have 16 gigabytes as standard. And that, I believe, will also stay the same. No 8 gigabyte M1X. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I've had 16 gigs for a very long time. Maybe 32 would be kind of cool. I don't know. I would have to see how much RAM I use when I'm doing, like, my intensive work that I, you know, whatever, how intensive it may be, True. but 64, I can't, I mean, at least for me, and I feel like for a lot of people, I, I, I don't think you need that much. I really don't think you do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't dismiss it because I have 128 gigabytes in my iMac pro. And True. when I, when I have final cut 
going with Photoshop and I'm uploading a video and I'm writing a script and I've got like a couple of things. I, I go over a hundred gigabytes of, of RAM usage. That has happened multiple times. In fact, even just, cause I usually leave Final Cut Pro open in the background, mm-hmm. which I don't know if that's good or bad, I don't know. But it, it, it'll sit there just idling with like 20 gigs of RAM, just sipping. It's like a pina colada, <laughs> just sipping that RAM. I think it will do, because I think Mac OS, if you have spare RAM, it'll just keep like recently opened files in there so that it's quicker to open them. So I feel like Final Cut, I, okay, I feel like when you have the extra RAM, maybe you you may or may not actually you know use that much RAM. If you have extra RAM sitting around, programs can take advantage of it and leave, like I'm sure Final Cut leaves a lot of the like video stuff in RAM so that the playback is quicker and the editing is quicker or whatever. So like having extra RAM can have those effects and like speed other things up, but like 64, and it, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a laptop too. Like you're talking about your iMac Pro, you know, laptop versus desktop kind of debate. I don't know, 64 just, Seems like a lot, and like you said, eight hundred dollars. I mean, right now it, it's actually kind of insane to me how expensive the sixteen-inch is, given all that we know now about Apple Silicon. Because I just I just did a video on this. Um, the The sixteen-inch, the the i nine, is maybe fifteen percent more powerful than an M one in the best case scenario. Hmm. And you you maybe get a thirty percent at most gains when running blender you know through rosetta on the m1 like it's not it's not that much more powerful but right now if you spec out a 16 inch <laughs> it's six thousand seven hundred dollars i mean that is with eight terabytes of storage but even with one terabyte though it's yeah i mean and normal graphics it goes above three thousand so easily i just think it's really funny that when this uh, laptop came out that wasn't that the whole thing that like it like undercut the old laptops and it was like a really yeah. good deal when it came out and then it apple was. silicon like obliterated that it's kind of crazy it's absolutely nuts because you know yeah when it came out i mean granted i pre- uh, the, the one that i have spec'd out i've got the 2.3 gigahertz i9 because why on earth would you pay 200 dollars <laughs> for 0.1 gigahertz it's stupid no one should have ever made that upgrade. <laughs> I paid 400 bucks for 32 gigabytes of RAM. Oof. I paid 100 bucks for the extra VRAM in the Radeon Pro 5500M, which I probably didn't need to do, but whatever. <sighs> and then I kept the storage at one terabyte. And that was $3,300, and that was a good deal. Because my 2019 15-inch MacBook Pro, which I actually got for free, had the upgraded processor... It had the upgraded 32 gigs of RAM, and it had the upgraded, at the time, one terabyte SSD. Base graphics, it's got the 560X. It was $3,900 new when they gave it to me. And I was like, holy crap. So that's, I mean, that's why the 16-inch was so good. It was $500 less for better performance in every possible respect, and better battery life, and a better keyboard. And now even that looks like garbage compared to an M1 MacBook Pro. It's a testament. It's crazy. And it's, I think we're at the point where we're even taking M1 for granted nowadays. Everyone's talking about M1X or M2 I know. or whatever. We're getting antsy here. In I fact, know. this actually brings us pretty neatly into our next topic, which was German's leak. Everyone is, is freaking out. Well, I say everyone. A lot of, I have, I've gotten angry emails. People are like, where's the MacBook Pro? I'm like, I don't know. I don't have it. <laughs> like, I don't know. People, people, there were a select few people that were like, they were like, Luke, you've, you got my hopes up. And I'm like, I, my hopes were up too. I was just reporting on the news. I didn't come up with, none of that was like my invention. A lot of sources were saying WWDC, but apparently, I think it's honestly for the best that we didn't get it at DubDub because now we're most likely going to get, almost certainly going to get mini LED, which I think is is pretty cool. I think that's a pretty good upgrade, especially considering that reportedly Apple doesn't want to increase the price. I don't know if they will, because it's a lot to add, yeah. a lot of features, a lot of performance. 
maybe they will increase the price and maybe it'll be justified or maybe people will just use it as an excuse to hate Apple without actually knowing anything about why that happened. Either way, we'll find out. But Mark Gurman is reporting that the redesigned MacBook Pros could launch between September and November. Now that might not sound particularly new insofar as I think people have generally sort of expected that since WWDC, but I've been talking to some people and I, people are very pessimistic about the timing of this. So right now what I've, what I've been thinking is I think we'll be lucky to get a 16 inch this year. I think we will be, I I think it's, it might be a next year thing. Yeah, I was gonna say that was the last, the last time I asked you about it. You were pretty pessimistic about this year. I was. Now, I I think German is pretty solid. Although he did say as early as this summer. Now, one thing that that a lot of leakers do, that I tried to not do in the three little tidbits because I wanted to try to be like a little concrete about it. But one thing that pretty much any reporter does with these sort of leaks is they leave a little bit of open-endedness to cover for uncertainty or more likely what happens very often as I've now found out having done some first-hand reporting is Mm -hmm. things can be correct when you report them and end up being incorrect yeah like you can have legitimate credible insider sources sending you actual info and then it's, it ends up being wrong because Apple changes their mind pretty frequently. Um, so this is now, I guess, I guess what, what helps here is that this is now a, uh, the second time that German has said this. Okay. Because in May, he said as early as this summer, and a lot of people interpreted that as WWDC. Other leakers were saying WWDC. And so we all kind of ran with that. But now we're getting... Another report by German saying September, October, November. That lines up with what we would expect, except I don't think it's going to be September. I, I don't think iPhone month. I think it's a bit too s- sacred. I don't think they, <laughs> they've <laughs> never done. Have they ever done two events in, in a one single month? month? No. I wouldn't think so. No. And then the iPhone event. Is iPhone and Apple Watch? They're not gonna put yeah. They're not gonna put the a Mac. Macs in there because the yeah. I mean the the problem is an iPhone is already like even though I'm pretty sure we're going back to normal event style. I think we're going back to like in person events. Oh man, which is kind of a bummer because I really do like the virtual events. I think they absolutely nailed them. Yeah, they were really good. WWDC was arguably boring, but that's because it was what it's supposed to be, which is software. And then the software itself was arguably un- underwhelming. Yeah. But I think the only reason that it was so disappointing was because people wanted MacBook Pros. And we didn't get them. Yeah. But the event itself was very good, very well paced. It was longer. It was like an hour 40, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a decent length. But yeah, they're like super, super like obviously professional but like they're really well put together they're like super fast paced because there's you know there's not all the clapping between everything and, and bringing the, weird, the people awkward up. pauses where people don't yeah. know whether they should cheer or not and tim is standing there like waiting like hey are you guys gonna give me something or am i just gonna have to power through this yeah i don't i hope if they go i guess i understand the in-person events because you know they have the press there and whatever i hope they can find some middle ground to keep some of the new elements even if they have to go back to the in-person events. I don't know what that would look like. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe they just lean more on videos. Because I feel like they did that with the uh, virtual stuff. Yeah. Although the location changes were really what made it so fun. Yeah, like the camera Getting flying to see all around Apple Park. Yeah. It was really nice. I liked that a lot. I don't, I'll be interested to see what the next Apple event looks like. Yeah, so I mean, realistically, we're uh, less than two months most yeah. likely. Yeah. I'm thinking September 14th for the iPhone event this I'll year. I'll mark my calendar. Yeah, mark it down. It's. I mean, it's got to be a Tuesday, so it's either the 7th or the 14th or maybe the 23rd. 
I've looked at the calendar recently. I don't just know these dates off the top of my head. <laughs> anyway, so German and, and the reason that I bring that up about how things change is that German noted that Apple had originally planned to release these earlier the year, or earlier in the year, but Mini LED has been, uh, shall we say, a complicated launch. Mm-hmm. I believe the stock for the iPad Pro is still pretty backordered. I'll check now because they it slipped into July way back in May, like when people were pre-ordering them. So if you do just a normal one with no options, right now. Oh wait, no, that's the that's the pencil. That's the pencil delivers very quickly. The actual iPad delivers July twenty seventh. That's not actually okay. That's actually gotten better. Yeah. That has gotten better. I almost wonder if changing to like one of the mid-tier storage would would speed that up because sometimes those are less often purchased. No engraving. I don't know why any. Never engrave your Apple products. It completely. <laughs> it's terrible for the environment. But yeah. So uh, July twenty seventh. That's that's definitely faster. Now uh, you could argue that that's just because people have actually bought them now, but whatever. Oh, also, Sonny Dixon is saying probably no live events this year. Honestly, good. I hope so. Yeah. I maybe they'll maybe the return to in person would be dub dub next year. That would make sense. Yeah, honestly, I I could see them taking an overabundance of caution and just saying, you know, we're gonna because I mean the tech companies have been pretty slow to bring people back. And you even can speak to that. I can speak to that, yeah. Uh, no, the, yeah, the tech companies have been pretty slow to bring people back. And even when they're bringing people back, they're still um, doing, like, a lot of the big tech companies are doing, like, hybrid work weeks. So, like, in office three days, uh, remote work two days. So it's still very, and, and this is for their employees. So if you're talking about, like, press and, and other people that they're inviting, yeah, I could definitely see them taking extra time and no complaints from me if they keep the current format. Oh, and Sonny Dixon adding on to that has a really good point. The overseas press can't come. That's true. So there you go. Well, that's good. This is good news. I I think that there especially the the three in a row that we had last year was really great. I I really loved their event lineup last year. I think yeah. it was awesome. The September event was very fun. Apple Watch and the iPad Air it wasn't huge, but it was fun. We were all in lockdown. It was very well produced. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we had October, which was the iPhone event, which of course was was fun. Was there anything else there? Was it just iPhones? I don't remember. I can't remember. Could it have been just iPhone? Oh, uh, I mean, HomePod, was, HomePod Mini. Oh, HomePod Mini. You're there right. You yeah, that, that's all it was. Just iPhones and HomePod Mini. Yeah, and it, like a 40-minute event, and then of course the Apple Silicon event, which was my personal favorite. Well, obviously. of course, that of course. one was just amazing. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know what they would announce, but I would love another triple threat. I would love a September, yeah. October, November. They could just do, I mean, it's going to be a new iPhone. There's going to be a new Apple Watch. Yep. There's going to be, obviously, more Macs need Apple Silicon. Whether they come or not is a, is another question, but... They know, need him. They need him. Running so, out of time on this two-year transition here, Timmy. I don't know. Timmy I could, boy. They, they, they have enough that they need to do that they could fill three more events. I, will they actually? I don't. I don't know. Well, I'm trying to think if they... So imagine this, you know, hypothetically, right? Okay. You got September, iPhone, and Apple Watch. Yeah. Guaranteed, pretty much. Yeah. October, redesigned iPad mini. Mm. I, a, a base model iPad refresh, perhaps. Yeah. Um, HomePod, AirPods 3, they could put that in an event. Yeah. If it's supposed to be like this new design with no stems. Right. That could that there's an event with the little forty minute virtual ones. Sure, why not? I'll take and it. And then November fourteen and sixteen inch MacBook Pro and Mac Mini with M1X. That would be a pretty packed event. I would like that. I would be a happy boy. I would be a certified happy boy. And they could do AirTags Max. <laughs> AirTags Max. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, imagine that. Wow. That, that would be very interesting. What would they what additional functionality would you get with AirTags Max? I don't know. This I guess the speaker would be Oh, yes. Better. What if it's also a HomePod? Oh, a HomePod. It's a HomePod that tracks and then it could you could put message like little messages on it. Or you could put like a screen on it. I was thinking maybe so, and then could it have, like, legs? Yeah. So it could, like, track, and then it could have, like, um, like a voice, and then it could have, like, a little screen, mm-hmm. and it could have, like, a little virtual assistant that talks to you, and then it could have, like, little crab legs. Oh. Oh, boy. And it could crawl along with you. And maybe, could it, like, go up walls? That would be very interesting. I think, I think that's a good idea. It would be, uh... And it follows you around. <laughs> It would be an uh, what was it? An, an iPod, a phone, and an internet communicator. Yes. An iPod. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? <laughs> it's one device. We call it AirTags Max, the crab. There, there you go. <laughs> there we go. That's the big one right there. Also, I wanted to say someone's talking about. Uh, someone said just M1X with no with a question mark and no other con- context. I don't know what that means, but also apparently. Uh, it might not be M1X. It might not. It's it's definitely not M2. By the way, no way, no way. That's fair. So, I I talked about this on Twitter because I've been hearing some chatter. That's saying not M1X, the naming scheme. Are you sure that's not the voices in your head? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Not a hundred percent. Okay. But. The point being, it might not be M1X, but it's not M2. We know that because that would just completely muck up the whole naming scheme. Yeah. So I'm going to pose this to you, but first to the viewers. What would it be if not M1X or M2? This next 10-core chip with the beefier graphics for the, the new MacBook Pro. What, would, what, what do you think? Well, do you want to pose it to me? You said you were going to pose it to the viewers oh, yeah, yeah. and then pose so it to Noah, me. So, yes. Noah, if, it, if it's not going to be called M1X or M2, what do you think this new chip is going to be called? Oh, interest, very interesting question. Yeah. Um, given Apple, like, M1X is the obvious answer. The only other things I can think of would be M1Z, mm-hmm. which I don't think makes sense Doesn't to really. skip X and go to Z. Yeah. Or, like, M1 Pro. I don't. I don't. Ooh, I, I don't ooh, know. That's possible. That's actually. the. That's the only other thing that I can think of. And a lot of people in the chat are saying someone said M one point five, M one SE, M one SE, M one Max. Yeah, M one Pro. Yeah, a lot of people are saying M one Pro. Someone said M three. Just skip two <laughs> altogether, I guess. We're just leapfrogging it. So this is the one that I that I've personally liked. I've seen a couple of suggestions. X one. Oh, I see. So there, so M is for the consumer level, and X is for the the pro level. I yeah, guess? like M for mobile and X for xylophone. Oh yeah, <laughs> that makes. sense. Are there any other words that start with X? Uh, xenophobe. Ah, perfect. That's what it'll be. <laughs> That's what it'll short be short for. Yeah, that's a good one. Someone said super M. <laughs> I'm sure that's so catchy. M one point one. Power PC M. <laughs> I don't know about that. M1 light, sort of the opposite direction there. Yeah. Xenomorph. There we go. Oh, that's an, that's, that's what one. it stands for, I bet. But yeah, so I think, I don't know, X1. I feel like X1 might make sense, except that it might conflict with Xfinity. That's isn't true. That what they call their, what is it, their router? Or is it their internet plan? What are they? That's their, like... X1 is their, like, on-demand video, or, or it's their whole... I don't know. I don't know what it is. Hmm. It's just... It's just... It's some Xfinity thing. I didn't think about that. It's, fu- it it's funny, though, because we're sitting here brainstorming all of this, and I guarantee this is the same conversation that was had at Apple. I mean, have you seen their marketing names? It's not like they're all just, like, genius. Yeah. I have an iPhone 12 Pro Max. How many suffixes is too many? That's what I want to know. Yeah. Or remember when the iPad, when they just dropped the numbers and confused everyone, they just called it the new iPad? Mm-hmm. 
What the heck was that all about? That was the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I yeah, no, that was that was then, weird. It had to be retroactively named given generation. Cause and then like even now, there's just iPad, but it's technically the iPad seventh generation, but it's not like a linear generation mm. because there hasn't always been the normal iPad. It's it's a mess. I wouldn't exactly count on Apple making a ton of sense here. But anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Um, I think we had... Oh, yeah, we wanted to talk about the macOS Monterey Safari update. Oh, yeah. That made me sad. I'm sorry. I was really sad about that. If you guys are on the, the Monterey beta and you have recently updated, they, uh, they, took the, they put the tabs back. They put the tabs back to usual, and I'm like, what the, uh, what the heck is that all about, huh? So, the whole point of the new Safari, which it still is on the iPad, mm-hmm. as you well know, is that the, the tab itself sort of expanded, and the search bar was in the tab, and you could like rearrange them. Really, I think, pretty innovative approach to, as far as tabs go. I mean, there's not a ton of innovation you can do with tabs, but that is a pretty good idea. It, it basically collapsed the whole top menu bar from the stupid search bar. Okay, the, and I'm looking at it now, and it's so dumb, and I hate it. <laughs> it's so stupid. Because they, they changed it back to basically the way that it was before, but with the new, like, more rounded iOS-looking tab icons. And it's so dumb, because the whole top bar is just a whole bunch of empty space and then a really wide bar with the shortened URL that's centered with more empty space. You have like, it's like a good half an inch at the top of the whole (laughs) window, which is literally just to say apple.com, the website that you're on. And it's using up half an inch of your screen real estate. I hate that. That's dumb. I also think that tabs look worse now. Like, first of all, you can barely tell what, like, which one is active. Yes. That's, that's, first of all, I feel like that's an accessibility thing because contrast is like really important in accessibility and the, the selected tab versus the non-selected tab, the selected one is slightly darker gray, but you can barely tell. And it's even worse because when you hover over the non-selected tab, it becomes a darker gray than the tab that is selected. Yeah. So there's three different grays. Slightly different. There's background gray, there's current gray, and there's maybe future gray. (laughs) That's that's one way to put it. And and when you hover over the tab that you're already on, it doesn't become the dark future gray. It stays the same. It's inconsistent, it's a waste of space, it's dumb, it's stupid, it's mean. I don't much care for it. If I open up, like, look, with a bunch of tabs, you literally can't tell which tab you're on. It's so, I've got a window open with, what is this, seven tabs? Yeah. And you can barely tell. Like, if you just unfocus your eyes or use your peripheral view, you cannot easily identify which tab you're on. You have to, like, look. You have to look for, it's like, which one is slightly, it's like one of those, like, Puzzle. I feel like that would be like on one of those internet IQ tests. Yes. They'd be like, which one of these is slightly darker gray than the rest of them? Or like the pattern that you look at to find out if you're colorblind or not. Yeah, yeah, It's like that. Ugh. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? (laughs) Ugh, I hate it. Put it back. It's so much better on the iPad. I'm mad. I don't know. It's, It's interesting because I think they changed it because a lot of people didn't like... There were there were some controversial parts of the the new design, but I feel like that like the 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 merged tab and URL bar was like pretty good and I, yeah like you said I have it on my iPad and I like it a lot. Fifty Shades of Safari, pretty much all these grays, man. It's too much. Oh, what does it look like in dark mode? Interesting. I, f- I feel like we should, given that that is our namesake. We should try it. Wrong tab. Whoop. Yeah, let's see. Okay, let's find out. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, Uh-oh. No, it's not changing. Let's try relaunching Safari. Okay, so now the now the tab that's selected is a lighter gray. Yeah. 
and it's very, very slightly lighter. Oh no! And when you hover over the other tab, it becomes darker now. So that's barely. And it's so barely noticeable that you can't even tell. Jeez. That's awful. That's truly terrible. I can't believe that. They totally ruined. They totally ruined Mac OS. It's done. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to switch to Linux. It's funny because this is more or less how it is right now on Big Sur. Obviously, the, you know, the colors aside, the current, this behavior is basically what we have right now. But then they give you the new thing. Apple giveth, giveth and Apple taketh away. And they tooketh away so soon. Yeah. yeah. Why couldn't they have taketh it later? I, Why couldn't I they have know. waited a year on update? We are not meant to understand Apple. That's true. One cannot comprehend the mind of an incomprehensible mind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, yeah, I, I feel like we got to... I saw that you wrote it down. I got to address it. Someone said, where's the OnlyFans? Uh, the OnlyFans is out. You can find yeah, it. it. I is. linked to it in a... Don't say it like that. I don't like that. <laughs> You can find it linked in... I, I tweeted about it, but it's probably hard to find on Twitter. I also did a community post on YouTube. That's probably the easiest way to find it. And I'll probably I'll probably mention it exactly once. I'll go ahead and put a link in the chat while, oh, while you're talking oh, about how, it. Oh, how kind of I'll you. Do you. I'll do you a favor here. Oh, wow. That's so... Oh, you don't have to. No, don't worry about it. No, it's okay. You don't... Oh, all right. Ooh, they. I feel like okay. I'm using Safari on with my the new with, beta five. This is the latest beta. I feel like they slightly tweaked how it's still the merged view, but I but it feels a little bit different. Which I think is weird. I think the tabs overlap now instead of collapsing. But yeah. I can't remember if they did that before. Like, okay, like this when I hover over the tab and then the the refresh button shows up. That's definitely new. I, like I feel that. like when I click on it and it expands out. Does I feel that like look it, different? it didn't expand out as much, and, and then this. I feel like I feel like they changed something. I don't know. Maybe. Don't know. Damn, you're really just. Here we go. Oh wait, that's the original tweet. I'll. I'll you can. You <sighs> can. Uh, you can keep explaining. I'll. I'll get it up here. Good grief! Explain. I mean, there's really nothing else to explain. That's ba that's basically it. And Cole Cole said, "Wait, why am I paying fifty bucks here if the OnlyFans exists?" There is gonna be is is the, is the picture that I'm thinking of. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. No. My favorite picture. No. Are you and you're not gonna you're not gonna mention that. I don't. No, I'm not gonna mention it. There's a there's a good there's a good picture that will be up there at some point. Maybe and that that will be worth. Maybe. Oh come on. I don't like it. Oh come on. No. No. All right. I don't like. I it. I won't say anymore. Ugh. Anyway, moving on from that topic that I don't want to talk about. Uh-huh. And by the way, I made one promise, and that promise is that I would make an OnlyFans. I made no promises about its content, the amount that I post, or how much it would cost. So beyond the fact that it exists, if you have any complaints, you can suck it. I don't care. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, I make free videos all the time. I'm not. Wow, you really, you really found it, didn't you? Oh, I found it, man. It was a little bit harder than than it should have been. I will, I will say. By the way, some people are like, "Ooh, should I get the OnlyFans?" Please don't. I made it paid as a deterrent because <laughs> I knew that no one would want to pay for it. Well, but some people did, right? It was like twenty. I think like twenty, 20 right? people. I mean that's which uh, is entirely too many. That's uh, that's something. Or can you see? Go up to the top. I don't think I can see. Oh, good. More info? Nope. Did you like? I've set the location as uh oh town. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we had I think to close off this episode, we've got a question from perhaps our biggest fan, if you know what I mean. You, you, I think you could say that. So, basically, they, I mean, it's, they, they, uh, they sent a picture of a fan. They said, I'm your biggest, and then had a, a, a JPEG of a fan, a very large a fan. Large fan. So, they, they asked the following question. This is from Carlos. 
which by the way, if you have a question, send it to us at submissions at darkmodepodcast.com. That's where we, we like to read. A lot of our topics come from there. Even if we don't mention them out loud, we, we get a lot of ideas from here. Yeah. Mac OS Catalina supported the 2012 MacBook Pro until 2019. El Capitan was released in 2015, supported MacBooks up to late 2008. That's seven years. Do you think Intel Macs will be that lucky? Now, that's an interesting question because I think we also have to consider that there are some slight variations in terms of like the 2012 MacBook Pro was supported until Mac OS Catalina in 2019, which is seven years, but Catalina lasted a year. True. So it didn't get dropped until it was eight years old. True. The same thing I think would be said for 2008 MacBooks, right? Mm-hmm. So when when a when a product gets dropped, like so for right now, right? We just what 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 supports? Um, I think most of the uh, Monterey dropped 2013 stuff. Do they not have a page for Monterey that's, like, easy to click on? There should be, like, a preview the next... I don't see it. Wait, it might be... Well, either way, let's go. So, Big Sur supported the... Uh, the, the oldest machines that it, it supported were the late 2013 MacBook Pro and the, uh, the mid-2013 MacBook Air. Both of those have been dropped. Now, weirdly, they also... So I think what people were, were confused about was they dropped the 2014 iMac. And that was a little out of character because right now, like, basically, Macs get supported for eight years. Catalina was the last to support the, uh, the mid-2012 MacBook Pro. But, you know, as I said, it lasted a year. Right now... The oldest MacBook Pro. Oh, they dropped a 2014 too. That is weird. Okay, yeah, no, this this kind of kind of blows. Yeah. So 2012 and 2013 Macs got eight years of support. The 2014 Mac got seven years of support. Interesting. And so I I would only hope then that the current slate should last longer. Now, they did also drop the early 2015 MacBook, the 12-inch, but that's because it's very terrible. I don't think it has anything to do with, like, oh, they're trying to kill off Intel. I think it's just because it sucks. It's literally less powerful than an iPhone 6. Fair enough. So, you know, good riddance. <laughs> but I think it's quite curious that we lost a lot of 2014 devices because history tells us that that should have taken another year. It could be like a little fluke. I know sometimes certain devices get dropped because of like Wi-Fi module support. Mm. Um, I think that's what happened with the early 2013 MacBook Pro. Interesting. Which got dropped in Big Sur where the late 2013 stuck around. But either way, I think it's a pretty safe bet that Intel Macs will be supported for on average, seven years. I'll, I'll knock a year off just to be safe. Because, like, right now, like, you got to keep in mind that right now, the 2015 Macs that are supported are six years old. But Mac OS Monterey hasn't come out yet and will last another year. So they'll be seven by right. the time they're dropped, if they're dropped. If they're renewed for another year, then they'll be eight years old. Because mm -hmm. they'll last through 2023 to Mac OS Big Rock. <laughs> That's what they'll call it, probably. Mac OS Big Rock. Yes. You heard it here first. Predicted two years in advance. It's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'd, be, I'd be very curious. It honestly wouldn't surprise me all that much if the Intel Macs drops were lost slightly earlier because of switch to M1. Now, obviously, that would you know suck for the people that bought the relatively new Intel Macs. But as it stands, you know now Apple is in the position again, like they were with PowerPC and Intel, where they have to support both versions. You have the Universal two apps, which do take up more space on your uh, on your drive. You can um, uh, 
remove the binary that doesn't apply to you. I know like clean my Mac, that's like one of the things that it does. Oh, actually, is, that's pretty smart. That's so like, good. If, you know, like, if you're on an Intel Mac, it'll delete the Apple Silicon binaries from all the applications. Um, this is not an ad, by the way. It's just something they've I remember. They've sponsored me before. I know, they've, I know they've sponsored you before, but this is not an ad. I just remember from the old, the PowerPC and Intel that they had that feature. Oh, really? To delete the PowerPC. Like, they I resurrected it. it 15 years later. I actually don't know if they did. I'm, I'm assuming that they did. I don't know. But I just remember like on my very old Mac, I used it and there were PowerPC binaries in, in my, some of my applications. But anyways. Very curious. I could, I could see them. Uh, I could see Apple uh, dropping support a little bit sooner because... They have to support both platforms, which can be kind of annoying. It can hold some things back. But I think before that, and we've already seen it with Monterey, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. is features, uh, some features uh, that won't make it over to the Intel Macs. Just like how on iOS there are some features that you're not going to get on the 6S. That's true. I hadn't thought about it that way. I had sort of thought about it as why would they remove features from Intel but I guess you don't necessarily expect that you're going to get everything right. on an iPhone 6S. Now, speaking of the 6S, I think that speaks volumes to what the Apple Silicon Max will be supported for. Yeah. While I think it's decently possible that um, Intel Max could end up having shorter life spans. I think that's very possible. But the Apple Silicon ones, I think, are going to be really long-lasting. Like, think about it this way. What's the oldest iPad that can run iPadOS 15? I'm pretty sure it's the iPad Air 2. I think you're right. I want to say you're right. I'll look it up so that I don't sound like an idiot. But well. it supports devices pretty far back. And both... Oh wait, what chip does the A uh, the the 6S is an A9? Yes, cuz the A10 Fusion was the iPhone 7. Okay. So the the reason I bring that up is that's well before even the Bionic architecture, mm -hmm. which was a huge bump in power and performance. The fact that Apple is supporting the iPhone 6S is absolutely mental. Because it means like the iPhone 6S is six years old now when right. iOS 15 comes out, which means that it'll be seven by the time iOS 16 comes out. Seven years of software support on a smartphone. Yeah. That is absolutely nuts. That is unhurt. No smartphone, I think. I, someone's going to find one. But I, I think it's a, it would be genuinely challenging to find a smartphone that has been supported for seven years. I can't even imagine. All the, not just security updates, but full software updates. I mean, Android's notoriously bad at that stuff. Even the Pixels get three years. Yeah. For a $1,000 phone, you get three years of support. And, like, what I can't imagine there's another phone. Maybe someone will comment, but I can't imagine. I was right, by the way. iPad yeah. Air 2 gets iPad OS 15. The iPad Air 2 came out, drumroll please, October 2014. Dude, it's going to be 8 years old by the time it gets dropped. Yeah. That's insane. And my point is, if Apple can support an iPad that has an A8X it has an A8X, and if they can keep that going for eight freaking years, the M1 is a 10-year computer. It definitely, I hope they support it for that long, but they absolutely could. And, you know, you lose, you'll lose some features along the way, but having the latest version, like even on the success, there are some features, I don't know off the top of my head what they are, but there are some features that you miss out on, but still, like for compatibility with apps, like a lot of a lot of apps require a certain version of iOS to run and and for like for a lot of the stuff and obviously security and whatever having the latest version even if you don't get all the frosting features having the latest version does make a big difference Absolutely. it's really awesome and speaking of uh, lifespans
the lifespan of this episode has come to an end. Indeed. Very good transition. I was I was looking for one. You nailed it. All right. Very good. There we go. So we will um, I, we can pick up this topic if people are interested in it. But I think we I think we got it pretty good. I think the yeah. M ones are gonna be really really stellar long lasting devices. But that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you all so much for joining us. I've been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a good night.